and welcome to Seize the GM. If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help. And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt, we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face. We have our ideas, our opinions, and some might even say answers that we want to share. So pull up a chair, dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM. Welcome back to another episode of CZJM. You always do that when we start. We swear, people, we don't do this to him. It's his choice. Not intentionally. I don't know what's going on, but that voice always shows up just as we begin the recording process. I know, know, right? It's so weird. Could be excitement. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Sad news, folks, though, as we know that we were supposed to be. Uh, doing uh, Savage Battle Lords, but due to life, the universe, and everything, aka a Situation 42, uh, we're going to have to wait and do that next week. Uh, this is also known as the Hurry Up and Wait phenomenon for those of you enmeshed in Battle Lords' underlying ethos and intent. Right. But we'll be doing it at the at the next episode, so stay tuned. It's supposed to be fun, awesome, and uh, probably filled with me maniacally laughing. Or we also might generate some sample characters in Savage Battle Lords to talk through how it feels and what it looks like and have something to do while the Fenari over here contemplates what to do with our open brains. This is a good plan. <laughs> stay tuned. Who knows? <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. yeah given how this has uh happened um we decided that it's kind of what would be like if you know you you were getting ready to check your notes for your game that you're getting ready to start in like the next half hour and you realize that you if, you have no notes. Write anything right. <laughs> yeah, you just forgot to write anything down. Um, You're allowed to panic. We, it we happens. Not don't, it, but it does happen. So panic, then take a breather. Yeah. And then cue up our dulcet tones and uh, listen to kind of the advice that we have when, uh, well, we've done the same bloody thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I generally GM like this. So. My notes are kind of a a funny, like, oh, this is what happened before. <laughs> yep. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. So what do you bring when you're when this happens? What what do you got? Jules, what do you got? Uh, well, usually it's like a lot of us, like when we've had a totally awesome really fun session we always end up like war storying about it chit chatting about oh this was hilarious this was awesome so the thing is like kind of like think back to those war stories you know like okay what the heck made that session fun what what made it work why why are we all kind of remembering it and then steal liberally 
because honestly, the, I mean, there was a reason it was fun. And the thing is, like, you might be able to, to you're not going to be able to to mimic it, but there's story beats and events and, and certain kind of things that made it memorable, that made it fun. And if it's not a huge thing that required a crap ton of setup, you know, there's nothing wrong with just stealing liberally and, you know, seeing what your players might do with the situation. Like, you know, we had a crime boss that was, you know, failing to pay and was being a grade A douchebag. And, you know, you know, we had our warlock pee on a shoe and, you know, maybe your barbarian might turn him into, you know, the, uh, the concrete paste kind of a thing. Who knows? It could be fun, but still there's, there's usually kind of like an element that you might be able to use and the players can gravitate on it and make their own fun new war stories. So, you know, yeah. nothing wrong with stealing. No, no, not at all. Not it's usually not a ba- yeah. It's not a bad idea to do that. Yeah. yeah. So hey, and you might end up with another war story. And here's the thing: it's like there's there's a reason it was fun. So there's nothing wrong with trying to give that to your players too. So sure. how about you, Zen? What do you got? Well, as everyone knows, I name things so well, so well. <laughs> Because it is famous that I have a wizard named Joe. (laughs) And not because that was like the intention and I was leaning hard into it like you can do. No, no. I just had no idea what to name him. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it. And but here's the thing, though, even if you can't find a name, it's all right to lean into it because he could be, you know, the. Glornak the Destroyer, and he's going by Joe the Wizard because he's Glornak the Destroyer and sucks at lying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So instead, what I generally tend to do is I tend to keep lists of names on hand, either physical copies or on my tablets. Um, If I'm using a, you know, if I'm playing in a fantasy thing, I keep it, you know, or sci fi, honestly. I have the species and gendered list of names with um, my other secret tool, which is a a naming, like a randomized naming guide for names from major Earth cultures with... And, and ancient cultures as well as newer cultures, which is that has saved me a lot. But I also keep a small stack of note cards so that I can write the guy's name down so that I don't forget it later. Because in like, you know, three sessions when they go back to town, they always seem to find that dude. Not that a bad you, idea. That you just haphazardly threw together very quick. <laughs> Yep, but the thing is, like, also by throwing them together very quick, you have a very rough outline and can maybe, if other stuff needs it, you can, I don't want to say retcon, but fill in other stuff as needs. Oh, yeah, you can totally do that. That's mm-hmm. that's a great way to do it is you, you keep those note cards for all of them, and that way you can just flip to what you need if you, you know, either digital note card or physical note card, you know, just depending on... Your preference. That makes sense. That so, makes sense. Yeah. All right. So what what is our consummate planner and, and the guy I can't see not planning do when he doesn't plan <laughs> Carter Monge? 
Well, first you have to realize that you plan for not having a plan. If you're new here, go back, listen to some older episodes. You'll find out I'm a top-down designer, and I like having loads of things happening in the undercurrent or the background that may never touch the PCs, but I have a plan for them. And so what I have to do when I realize I don't have a session lined up is in those 30 minutes kind of pull something together. And I'm going to tell you how I, I, I do that, kind of what – what I grab and mentally and literally and how I try to flesh that out in the time it takes me to put together some food, snacks, and, and some uh, pleasantly adult beverages by the time people get there to distract them from my level of preparation. Uh, first, go back, re-listen to episode 83, and grab your GM Go Bag to make sure you have all of your base kit with you. Yes, we've done an episode on that. Two, I have a mental or physical list of plot hooks to kind of drop in and plop in that are, like Jules was talking about, stolen from something classic. Uh, Cyrano de Bergerac is one of my favorites. Uh, my friends, I need your help. I must convince this lady. I must woo her to be my new affianced. If you can help me, I will make sure you are paid well in whatever it is your players respond to or based on the setting. Oh, no, help. You've got to help me fake it. I, I can't fake it till I make it. i got to make a big presentation so I can do this thing. So I can. Classic mm, plot. Yep. My favorite is also the fetch quest for the orphans. Oh, no. The cute orphans need help. You must get the MacGuffin so that they can meet their needs. Oh God! And I'll be and you see it everywhere. And uh, heck, I, I mean, I do the same thing. I've got like a, a, a huge, extensive, like mental database of like mythology and legends and epic stories. Like you know, uh, Gilgamesh. You know, after he's killed Grendel, he's going down to whack Grendel's mom and. You know, believe it or not, the sword to quail Grendel's mom, Grendel, Grendel's mom has it because great. You just, you know, <laughs> but the thing yep. is like, it's okay. Steal liberally. You know, it, it, the thing is like, those were big and epic and fun, but you know, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong going to a stereotype or an old mythos or something like that. You know, dungeon with a dragon. There's a tr big train heist, you know, a data steal, save the princess. Just, you know, when you have something like this, keep it short. Kind of, you know, don't make this another huge, crazy, you know, don't make this filler, like like one of those stupid filler, you know, seasons in, in anime. But, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my favorite kind of plot thread, my, my favorite kind of, I didn't have anything planned, but I need to do something, is the Laboam Rent Empire Records theme. Ooh. Our favorite place or home is threatened by foreclosure, sale, whatever. Damn the man, save the empire. Do you have to raise money by throwing a block party? Do you need to convince someone not to, say, conquer this town? Are you in the middle of a diplomatic situation? Whatever it is, whatever the setting, the game, your players, you can make it work by threatening their home or their home away from home. Their favorite yeah. bar, the tavern. Somebody's about to foreclose on the tavern. What do or you? Or they're do? being extorted. They're being extorted by crime lords, and they, you know, yeah, it's I like mean, yeah. PCU or Ernest goes to camp. I mean, dude, you can't go wrong with paratrooper turtles. See, it, and it's those inspirations and having, you know, usually four to six of those, 
for any campaign I'm doing, especially if we have a couple of players who can't make it, but we want to play and not do something that's necessarily advancing the big story and what's going on, or they don't want to like do the, the big quest because, you know, that's a lot of gnashy teeth. We know we're coming up and we don't have our cleric or, Ooh, that's a cyber heavy run. And we don't have our Decker slicer technomancer with us mm-hmm. and they don't want to do it yet. Well, I need to do something else. Yeah, exactly. And it- then, <laughs> oh, I, say, I, I, I can keep going because then what I do with it is having listened to the previous Seize the GM episodes about NPCs, you know, back around, I think it was episodes like 45. No, not that far. We've, back. Done, we've done a few. Search NPCs. <laughs> Go to SeizeDGM.com, search NPC or NPCs. There are a bunch of episodes. I have notes on those in a folder, a binder, a Rolodex, literally or phys- that's a figuratively with not just names, but as the fleshing out your NPCs episode talks about a theme or a characteristic. So I've got a cast of characters ready to plug into and replace the standard people coming from my Cyrano, La Boheme, Fetch Quest. Phantom of the Opera is a really fun one to get PCs stuck in the middle of. <laughs> Especially because you can do it multiple times and put them in different roles each time. It's kind of, and it takes them a while to catch one. Anyway. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But here's the other thing is like when you're doing something like this, you know, there's always going to, you might, there might be combat or there's roles, whatever the heck it is. Here's the thing. Don't be afraid to clutch something. You know, if you got PCs, NPCs, something like that, like close enough stats. All right, let's use those. You know, turn like a stats or a red cap into a baby Langolier. Yeah, you know, so you're, yeah. you're gonna have to be. You're, you're gonna have to yeah, think about you, that. Don't be afraid to cludge and and kind of sort of fake it, mushy a little bit. You know, you don't have to have like you know your. You know, we have. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, because like anime fact, is notorious for for doing this one thing in almost every season of of a show that you'll watch. You're not talking about There's, the tournament arc, are you? No, but okay. generally speaking, there's always one episode where it just doesn't, it's something kind of out of left field that doesn't really feel like it fits because it really doesn't. Um, one, of the, one of the best examples I have of this is in Samurai Champloo, which takes place in the Edo period of Japan. There is kind a of. baseball game. Which there is, is a extremely weird game. Still and it doesn't fit, but it's fun. It's weird and it's memorable. So even if you're doing something that's just completely wonky and out of left field, it can still work. So keep that in mind, because while it may not be exactly what you were hoping to run that night, even doing something kind of screwy and off the wall can still work. So that's, that's something it's gotta else. It's got to be fun and engaging, you know? Yeah. Just fig- figure it out. Figure out, you know, if, if your players are, you know, if, they'll, if they're also going to take the bait for it. And to be honest, that can actually lead to some really just hilarious, like, character building, uh, you know, interaction between your PCs. It's, yeah. It could be great. Well, and that's 
the thing I like to build too in those kind of out of my back pocket shoot from the hip games is intraparty tension and drama. Not drama, not the capital D, but just standard drama. Be it as classic slash stereotypical as the lawful good, maybe lawful stupid paladin and the chaotic neutral rogue disagreeing on how to go about solving their problem, you get intraparty tension to make the best kind of times. It could also be a romantic tension between characters. By the way, we've done an episode or two on that. Go back, check the Seath GM website. We, again, we've talked mm-hmm. about a lot of these options. But there's tension and drama between characters. There could be trust issues. There could be, I was kind of dead center when you lobbed a grenade in there the other day. I kind of want to make sure you're not going to shoot me in the back. And the, and the guy's like, no, no, I didn't ask how big the room is. I said, I cast fireball. Right. I didn't ask how big it was. That wasn't the important part. And these these are the chances. These are the adventures where your players get to really inhabit those choices because you can give them that space, that disagreement, that, that character building understanding that could result in them being better friends or them being kind of at odds or leery with each other. Make sure you're within your session zero parameters as far as levels of PC conflict. That could be 30 minutes to an hour of a four to six hour session. Yeah. That, that's, that's 15 to 25% of your game. That's memorable and engaging and getting to be about those characters and about their decisions mattering. Their choices they have made matter. Yep. And that's important. That's really important. And here's yeah. the thing, you know, sometimes like if everybody's on the improv and something like that, you know, one of your players might come up, you know, they might have a weird thing of inspiration, inspires them to do something and you can run with that. You know, the thing is like there during, during these complete kind of, oh my gosh, you know, shoot from the hip out of my back pocket. Sometimes you can get some real character development or interesting backstories or really wacky ideas. You're like, wait a minute, the barbarian suggested throwing a party in an, what? Where'd that come from? And you, you just say, like, uh, people like dancing, dancing at bar. Why not have dance outside? More people. More money. Oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> Pull the PCU. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, God, Armanje. I had, I, like I said, having to save that, that one MacGuffin. But there can be, you put them in a situation like that, there's some really great stuff that could come out from that. I absolutely agree. And it's part of what kind of gets to the heart of of what most of us love about gaming are those moments of inhabitation and improvisation. And we have over 140 episodes at this point of Seize the GM talking about different ways we like to approach it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of good hints and tips and tricks and things you can do. And the other kind of fun part, the the other, okay, I have nothing planned. I didn't get ready for today. I, I have another way I approach it. I've given you the simple way, the basic way, the way I most often do. But there is the elevated way. There, There is the cracking the knuckles, breaking the glass, and hitting the big button way of going, I didn't have anything planned. Let's do this. Would you like to hear it? Mm-hmm. 
every single player in the game has some kind of dangling dramatic plot thread. Every single one. From your most stereotypical edgelord dark orphaned past. Orphaned? Oh no. Your parents are alive. To, well, yes, but I left as the second son to find my fortune since I would never inherit my the duchy. You receive a letter from your parents. They have found you through magic or other means that says... All of your siblings have died. It's like, yeah, we require you to come home. Regrettably, we must ask you to assume the mantle of... Everybody's got a dramatic or, or tragic huge plot thread waiting to go uh, off. And after session zero, I have a separate note card for each of those for each of the characters. What's the yeah. big thing? What's the, what what is the bomb that can drop? What what is the big thing? I can pull one of those cards out and yeah. run with it because that card's gonna have that thread. Two or three little things about how to get them on the line to it couple of notes about what kind of a challenge it should be or how and then go back with everything else i've got i've got my binder rolodex folder of names and and relevant npcs i've got my decently built out world and i know what the big picture pieces are i have nothing planned it's 30 minutes to game time i'm gonna mix up a Vada martinis. I'm going to crack my knuckles and we're going to put you in the middle of whether you can avert a civil war that will raise your families. That's a honored home or whether you're going to be king. <laughs> yeah, we can do that in 30 minutes. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is another one. You know, having all those, I, I generally try to keep a, uh, a list I, I'm big for, for keeping lists of things written up. And I will do a lot of things that are just, you know, short, un, uncomplete concepts, but enough to kind of get going for a well, session. And, and if you do something like the Fate Trilogy setup for, in, in Session Zero, building characters... Yeah, you know, where you've got your first adventure or thing that started you on this path, then you pass it to the left, and that next person is how did they help you, and you pass it again, and that person is yeah. how did they in a subsequent time kind of get in your way. You let them make a copy, and then you keep the note cards. Yeah, and you you already have that work done, and you add a couple of spare words, maybe you know every ten or twenty sessions or every major campaign arc you stop and kind of check and update them see if anything's changed use that to start designing your upcoming campaign arc and see Uh what i mean yeah the art of gming is the art of making the absolutely frenetic creativity appear utterly blasé and unstressful Mm hmm. Yeah. The appearance of the smooth ocean while you pump your, and dog paddle your legs underneath <laughs> the waves while the sharks circle you and no one knows. Yeah. And now, there is another one that I'm just going to throw right. Uh, it, it, this is like the softball being lobbed right over the plate. And that is we have a website that is full of stat blocks. Of 
people, places, things. Magic MacGuffins, possible adventures, antagonists for the time being. Yeah, steal them. That's what they're there for. Oh, yeah, it's not even stealing. You, you are expressly yeah. invited to take all of these stat blocks and use them. That's why we do right. that. And there are even several lineages of stat blocks, for lack of a better way of putting it, that build out a more complete campaign, world, or series of adventures if you want to really put it together. Yeah. We're, we're going to kind of work on collating and tagging those more clearly so you can see it. But Yeah, uh, that is if, something if, that I want to do. If, if you go through and, and listen to or read all of our stat blocks, your attention will be rewarded as you can pick out, I know of at least five different lineages of a stat block world building that has occurred over the last however many years since yeah. the GM has gone on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. So there is a ton of things that you guys can do. And there is nothing wrong with, as we, we keep telling you, just steal it. Steal things from wherever you draw inspiration from. Because in the end, you are, even if you forgot what you, you know, you forgot to do it or, you know, life just got in the way and everybody's going to be there, just steal something that you know that they'll enjoy. And it's one session. And then you just take whatever happened in that session and you just incorporate it into your bigger overall game. And it will... It'll it'll just be another moment in a longer game that is just one thing. And it may draw like all these really cool like stories and you know things like that. Or it may just be one of those things that while well, you shot you shot for the bleachers, but you know, you only hit second base. <laughs> Cause not everything is gonna be out of the park. But you shoot for it anyway. Mm -hmm. And if the players gravitate and want to do it, awesome. If they don't, it's one session. Don't beat yourself up if you have one bad session. Because everybody has bad sessions. Yeah, I mean... So that's another thing to keep in mind while doing this. Roll with the punches as best you can. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to give it a try. Look, you you miss you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah, and heck, uh, you'll be practicing. The thing is, like, this is also a thing for practice. Like, you know, uh, Joe, I, I, I'm going to pull from Joe Cat again because he said, you know, they're an expert versus a novice. An expert has failed a heck of a lot more times. Yeah. So yeah, and failing failing at this is you're failing with your friends. Hmm. You know. Think about it in that way. You, you're failing with your friends, so it's not really failing if everybody still has fun. So, I mean, that's the that's the best thing. Everyone's here to have fun, so you know, yep. don't beat yourself up over it. That's not fun, right? So, we're gonna go ahead and put a pin in this. We will probably come back to it eventually, and. Let's go ahead and roll on into our Stablox. This episode has been sponsored by Tabletop.land. 
Not sure if you want to get into making all your own full terrain sets or scatter pieces? Hmm. Not sure you want to get into that 3D printing thing that everybody's doing for your own stuff, or maybe minis for that matter even. Well, there is a new web shop that is up and coming called Tabletop.land. Go check it out and see if there's anything that tickles your fancy. Or, given the time of year it is, maybe you could even pick up something for that GM of yours for Christmas. System-neutral pieces that can be worked into an ongoing game or inspiration for your next big game event. One, two, three, not it. Not it. I don't really care whether you did it or not. But it doesn't matter to me if that really is you. I get paid for the bounty no matter what when I bring you in. What is happening, you ask yourself, as one of the preeminent bounty hunters of the area shows up on your doorstep? He says it's a hefty sum that he gets if he takes you in. The sweat that starts running down the back of your neck, caught unprepared for any sort of fight, feels cold and and paralyzing, unlike every other sweat that has ever dripped down your skin. There is a very real danger here. You feign ignorance. Well, not really feign ignorance since you have no idea what is going on. And ask for the professional courtesy to see the bounty itself. What have you done to earn such a price on your head? It's as incomprehensible as the entire situation. You've been deemed an enemy of the state for, well, that that isn't clear. At the same time, the bounty itself isn't entirely clear either, which gives you an in for this situation. You, you poke at that professionalism and the specifics of the bounty to get yourself time. It works, mostly. Uh, you manage to buy yourself time with a little help uh, coming along with you in the form of your new best friend to figure out why your name is at the top of the Videri Codex. The Videri Codex is a legend. It doesn't exist, at least not in the form that you are seeing here. It was an ancient list of enemies of the crown from centuries ago, a relic of the bygone days of the Oculus Occultus and their fanatical drive to control all dissidents. It faded from use when the OO fell apart, right? Why does the OO look like that, like like an 8 turned on its side? It maybe shifted slightly, and then... Kind of like the builder's sigil on the, the foundation of your home and, and the cornerstone of the library you frequent. Nice. Damn. Nice. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful, sir. I like it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The Vidiri Codex, part of one of those lineages in a very kind of loose way, if you can catch it, uh, from some of the other stat blocks that are out there on the website. In the meantime, Jules, what do you have? It's been millennia since the sirens sang to lure Odysseus and his crew to certain death. It was so easy to sing a spell to bewitch humans with promises of love and riches. But as time went on, the sirens noticed that their song held less and less sway over humanity but the reason eluded them. And a few hundred years later, they found their answer. It happened upon a group of pirates talking with their captive when Gaius Julius Caesar, 
and they realized that their song and their promises no longer resonated with humanity. Humanity had grown greedier. Riches and love were only fleetingly tempting. Humanity hungered for more. Hungered for the impossible, the abstract, the unobtainable. They hungered to conquer that was once the exclusive to the gods themselves. Time for a change of tactics and perspective. And as the rumors go, a strategic alliance with the muses. Well, signs would insist in inspiring humanity. Specifically, inspiring humanity to take great leaps and risks, allowing them to feast on the failures. The whole space program was probably their most well-known venture. So many accidents and failures litter the path of humanity's stellar odyssey. Although a meal wasn't always a foregone conclusion. Think the Apollo 13 mission. The sirens no longer sing of wealth and love. They whisper promises of achievement and discovery and a step towards ascension. We're in just making the attempt, regardless of the success, could create a legend. Lick. Awesome. <laughs> very slick. I like it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> So take us home, Zen. What do you got? All right. Sitting on an old tree stump at the crossroads was a young woman. Beat up old guitar on her shoulder. The dark started to stretch its fingers across the landscape of the old deserted stretch of road. Impatiently, she kept spinning the small leather pouch on a cord. As the moon rose over the old growth treetops... She walked out to the center of the crossroads and dug a hole with the, with the heel of her stained and worn cowboy boots. Once the hole was deep enough, she knelt down and gently laid the pouch inside and covered it. Once the clouds started to roll in and speckle the sky, she seemed to think the time was right. She reached around and grabbed the neck of that relic and pulled it into position and started to play a blues riff. Rich and deep and full of soul. She played for a long while, playing for the mosquitoes and the other animals nearby. She played as if her life were on the line. And maybe it was. Then the night creatures went silent. But she was so engrossed in the music, she didn't notice. Well until she felt the heat of the stage lights on her which just made her reach deeper into the well of the music. The crunch of the tires on the gravel crawling slowly forward almost became a subtle part of the music. Then the lights were out, and standing at the edge of the four-way crossroads stood a man in a suit. The mist rolling in covered him to the waist. Then she stopped and took notice of him for a second. Almost at the moment, almost at that moment, he started to move into the center within arm's reach. She slammed down a chord on the guitar and the sky opened with a flash and struck the man standing so close to her. The strike was so flash, so fast, he didn't have time to react. Once the dust settled, started to settle, she stepped back to the edge of the road and faded into the mist. Oh, that was awesome, dude. Oh, 
Very I nice. love it. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Delilah McGavin. See, That's- and I can come up with names if I have enough time. <laughs> yeah, giving a breather, yep. Well, you see, what I want to know is whether either of you figured out which of my uh, stat block lineages the Vidiri Codex belongs to. I think I know, but I'm not going to say right now. Put it in the chat, and if you at home think you've figured it out, find us on social media and let us know. Especially yeah. Discord, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Farmers Only, Sea Captains Only, whatever it is. We're there somewhere. Find us. It's tell true. us what you think it is. And if you think you've identified other lineages of stat blocks before. If you do, you get a brownie point and potentially extra bonuses coming up. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and flip on into our next section. An uncommon word that helps improve your descriptions with a bit of information about those words as well. Okay. You ready? Uh, Trying it. Insouciance. Mm. Meh. Pointedly blase. Nice. Indifferently different. <laughs> so, just for everybody that doesn't know, they've literally just described it. <laughs> Lighthearted unconcern and nonchalance. Meh. So, first known use, 1799. That, really? Nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, it is uh, French, French from Old French, from Latin. So, uh, it's uh, souciance is uh, trouble or to disturb. Okay, so yeah, lack of trouble. Right. Untroubled. Yep. Mm. So, nice. yeah, in, in, in French means not or no. Basically. I'm not going to start speaking French. I'm not going to start speaking French. You're not. Let's keep going. Yeah, You're not. No, I don't All right, no, so no, the, the lookup popularity is in the top 2% of words. So, yep. I figured I would just do something that was kind of, uh, you know, different. So... Let's hit those closing remarks and get out of here. Well, Zen, since you you were the last one to do stat blocks, what's your closing remark to start us off with? All right. So I, I made mention of this series a while ago when I watched season one. And season two is about halfway done right now of Raised by Wolves. If you like sci-fi that's kind of strange... You watch it. It is so good. Um, Yes, it is. (laughs) It is a ton of fun. And the new season is really, really cool. So. Because you see things that are. Interesting that you would not have expected with the way the, the season ended last time. 
That's good because it kind of dragged its feet along and and made me kind of twiddle my thumbs a whole lot. Well, it's it, that was building it. This one is is not doing as much of that. I love um, world building, and I had some trouble with getting through. It's, it's eight. I'm assuming that it's going to be eight episodes, like the first season was, and right now there are four out. So, um, it's it was. Uh, I I I'm enjoying it a lot. So enjoy. All right, <laughs> Jules, what you got? All right, well, uh, Outer Wilds. It's probably one of the weirdest and most fun, in my opinion. Kind of like it's a space-ish exploration game. You hop around from planet to planet, but there's this weird time loop that resets everything. And but the thing is, like all of the searching and and all a lot of, all of the cues. They're song and melody based. So you'll hmm. be searching for, for one of the explorers and you, you find and you end up searching and you're just like, okay, because you identified him playing drums on the on this one planet you need to. And then right before the the whole like sun explosion kicks off another loop, you have this melody that just keeps repeating. One, it's a great cue. But you know, you need to figure out what the heck is going on. And it is it's a fascinating story, but with a lot of the cues and searching based on music and melodies and building on each other, it, it was really engaging. I, I didn't think I'd end up going, oh, you know, as, you know, I hear something that I'm like, I have another, that tune going in my head and I hear another person's I'm like, wait a minute, that's a weird inverse. So it just, so like ooh, <laughs> space exploration and mystery and, and searching. And the best thing about it is it, as you get stuff for your, uh, the exploration and journal, it's saved on your, and I'm using bunny right here, ship's computer. And it has just, you know, all these plot points that has like arrows of to where they go, where it's been. And it's just, it, it's less maddening than a conspiracy theorist like corkboard, but that's how they show how everything interrelates. And I love it. It was great. So if you kind of get confused, you can look at it and it shows it visually and you can read it out. It's delightful. Nice. That's Take cool. us home, Garamage. Well, I went with just some indulgence and, and lowbrow options this time. Now, admittedly, I completely missed watching Critical Role on, on Twitch through Geek and Sundry uh, for the last uh, it's five, six, seven years, however long it was. But The Legends of Vox Machina has dropped as a cartoon on Amazon Prime with the new kind of content deal that happened for Critical Role and what's going on. And you know, it, it's the 800-pound gorilla in the room talking about tabletop role-playing games in the last five years. And so watching a cartoon that distills and, and presents some of the you know highlights of, of one of the big moments in the first arc, or one of the first arcs from the uh, campaign, was really enjoyable and uh, helped me understand, you know, what happened and where Critical Role came from in a, you know, larger theoretical question kind of standpoint. So if you've got the chance on Amazon Prime, watch it. Nice. Yep. Very much. Not, but... uh, yeah, so it, 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 it reminds me of a lot of gaming tables I've been around in a lot of ways. In yeah. all of the good and not as good ways. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've still never actually seen anything from Critical Role. So. It, this cartoon is a way to kind of get get the feel of what's going on and not go through, you know, four hour Twitch geek and sundry streams, which are still out there and are on the YouTube. And if that's the thing you like, go for it, do it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of people that do. And it's just kind of hard <laughs> to catch up now. Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. all right, folks. That's wrap. It's been fun. But we're going to get out of here because I need to go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) So in the meantime, make sure you guys get together. Have fun. Play some games. And roll some dice. And we will see you in two weeks when we will talk Savage Battle Lords. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. So help me, you Thanks for checking in. It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our time. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show. In the meantime, let us know how you handled this topic in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to follow us, search for Seize the GM. And if you just want to follow one of us, search for our names on the social media platform of your choice, or go to SeizeTheGM.com for convenient links. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted material referenced herein are held by the respective owners. No infringement intended and no claim of ownership is Once again, thanks to you, our listeners. We hope you gained some ideas for your ongoing games. Or the inspiration to run your first. Now get out there and play some games. Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.